It's great to be with you this morning again, and I know I say this every time, but it is an honour to get to share with you. This message, I'm going to tell you, has been a wee bit of a struggle, because God always starts to speak to me, and it's usually with a song, or something I've heard, something I've read, and sometimes it's something I've watched. It just drops something in my spirit that I can't get away from. So for this message, it's two songs. That one that you've just heard, and I first heard that at a ladies' conference that Kathy Irene and I went to at the beginning of June, and God really spoke to me at the conference about that song. So the next morning I wrote this in my song. He really pressed my spirit about his written word and how I believe in his written word. I don't read the Bible and doubt it. I just accept it as a fact. And when I first went into my teacher's training, we were taught how to teach RE. We were told that we weren't allowed to share our faith and they had to teach it as a fact. And I thought, well, actually, I don't mind that because the Bible is a fact. So for me to be able to teach Christianity... I don't need to share my faith, I just need to tell them, this is true, this is a fact. So when I looked at the stories in the song, I believe every one of them, and it got me thinking, why do I sometimes find it so difficult to believe and trust that God will meet my needs? That he will speak to me, and he'll perform the miracles in my house, in my life, and that salvation does belong to my household. There's so many truths in that song that we need to listen to it, and we need to speak those truths over our lives. So I kept going back to the song, and I can't tell you how many times I've listened to it and how many times I tried to write a message that fitted the song. I was so focused on the song and that the four people that the song speaks about that I thought that that's what God wanted me to speak about. But I couldn't work out how. How did I get those four people into one message? So I kept going back to the song, and I listened, and I started to write a wee bit about each person. And I started to get really frustrated. And I says to God, I don't understand what you want me to write. And he says, wait. Now, for anybody who knows me, <laughs> knows that I am not good at waiting anything. And when Jim asked me to speak, I like plenty of notice. I like my message written months ahead so that I've got time to ponder it. But as soon as I heard the word wait, the panic started. In fact, I got to the stage where I thought I was going to have to speak to Pastor Jim and say, I can't speak. I don't have my message. I didn't even know that God wanted to speak, me to speak about until a couple of Sundays ago. Scott introduced Gary with his new song. And there was a lightning bolt. I almost fell to my chair. When he sang the line, I have faith the prodigal is coming home. I thought, oh my goodness, that's for me. My prodigals are coming home. But God really shook me and said, that's what I want you to speak on. I'm thinking, God, how on earth does that fit? That's got nothing to do with the same God. So I started to write, right, okay, I think this is what you're saying, but I was still doubting it, and I was really struggling. I kept going back to the song, The Same God, because I thought, God, you told me that way back in the beginning of June. It's got to be the same God. And he kept saying, no, it's the prodigal son. So I started to think, right, okay, God, I need to do what you're telling me to do. So I started to write, but I only did enough for a devotional. And I thought, maybe actually it's for she is. Maybe it's a devotional for she is. And I started really to panic. Jim spoke to me a couple of weeks ago and says to me, you okay, speaking the 23rd? And I went, ah, I'm working on it. Well, I was working on it, but I just didn't have anything. <laughs> so I would sit on my laptop and I would just look at it. Now I understand what writer's block is. So fast forward to the Wednesday night of the encounter night. 
And that's when God really grabbed my attention. Gary sang the song again. Jim stood up, spoke about the prodigals, and then Cathy paid for the prodigals. And I thought, right, okay, God, I am listening. Then that was it. The encounter night didn't happen for me. It was me and God in here in this message. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I couldn't get the words down quickly enough. And I started to panic again. I wasn't going to get everything. You see, God knows how much time I like. And he knows that, well, Kerry, sometimes you just have to go with what I want. So I love reading. I read all the time. And I usually get my Kindle, an audiobook, and a paperback on the go at the same time. And I'm the same in my Bible. I like my proper Bible that I don't write on. I like the Bible app, because I can highlight that and no waste my Bible. And I also like the audio version. I like all three versions. And I remember a few years ago, I read a book that was called Anna. And it was all about a girl and a boy. And then, the year later, the author released the same book, but it was called Theo. So it was the same book, but it was from Theo's perspective. And then the following year, she released another one, and it was called Kitty. And it was the same book, same story, but from her perspective. And that's when God really brought my attention back to this passage. I'm going to share with you the same today, because it's the same God for all three people in my story. So I want to look at each one of them. At the beginning, I thought God only wanted me to look at the eldest brother, and that's why I only did an offer a devotional. But as I said, I couldn't get away from that song, The Same God. The song gives us lots of people, the four people, and he reminds us that he's the same God in each of the stories, and he provided what they needed, and it's the same for the story that I'm going to share with you this morning. So it's Luke 15, 11, 32, and I'm going to read from the NIV version, because I like the title, because it says, The Parable of the Lost Son. We always refer to him as the prodigal, but I like the fact in this, it also says that he was lost. So it says, to illustrate the point further, Jesus told him this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between the sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And here he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man set him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to his servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals to his feet, and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast, for this son of mine was dead, and he is now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found, so now the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house, and he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. 
His father came out and begged him, but he replied, After all these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me. In all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money and prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father says to him, Look, dear son, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and now he's come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So I'm going to start with a young man, the youngest of the brothers. He's living a good life. He's living at home. He's getting fed. His clothes are getting washed. His bed's going to get made by the servants. He probably doesn't pay any bills. He's getting money from the job that he's got off his father's land. And actually, compared to the servants probably that was around about him, he's actually got quite an easy life. See... When I was reading this, I thought, you know, I've been like this. I've thought the grass is greener on the other side. There's something more interesting than what I've got just now. Let's try it. So in verse 11, he approaches his dad and asks for his share of the inheritance. He wants his share before his dad dies. Now, this reminds me of a girl that I went to uni with. And when her parents went on holiday, I always remember she told me they were skiing. And I remember they were going on a, a, like a hot holiday. And I'm thinking, what, is there a dry ski slope there? Like, what are they doing? And she went and she just laughed at me and she says, no, they're skiing, they're spending the kids' inheritance. So it made me think then, is this what this young boy was thinking? That his parents were going to spend what he saw as his inheritance? Or was he worried that maybe that the older brother wouldn't give him his real share? Or was he sometimes, like what we can be, a bit of a brat who wanted his own way? See, in verse 13 to 15, we see that he's moved far away from his parents and he's managed to waste all the money just as the famine hit. And he's starving, but persuades a farmer to hire him. And one of his jobs is to feed the pigs. So in verse 16, we see that he's so hungry that now even the pigs' food looks good. But you see, pigs' food, no one wants to eat it. I love pigs. If you ask me, my favourite animal would always be a pig. There's just something about them, but I don't want to share their food with them. But this farmer must have been paying the boy. And it wasn't until I started thinking about this that I thought about my own kids. I look after them. I cook for them. But can they cook for themselves? Would they be able to budget? Would they be able to buy food? See, this boy had a family and servants that probably did everything for him. He didn't need to budget. He didn't need to pay bills. And he probably never went to the kitchen when he was hungry and didn't have to cook. Someone else would have done it for him. But in verse 18, he realises that his father's servants at home will be fed. His father's budgeted. He's made sure there's enough for him and those he employs. He makes sure that they're all safe, warm, with full stomachs. So in verse 19 and 20, he decides that he's going to go back. But he's going to ask his dad for a job. Because he assumes that because he's spent all the money, that his family ties are gone. But he wants to be somewhere safe. Somebody knows he's going to be looked after. The same God of Jacob, Mary, and Jacob, Moses, Mary and David was there for this boy. He was sending him home to a place of love and safety. How many times has God allowed us to take a path that we aren't supposed to be back on, but he'll always guide us back to him somewhere safe and full of love? That leads me to the dad. And at the very beginning of the chapter, the focus was on the younger son, but I always wonder, how did the dad feel? He must have been heartbroken. Not only did his youngest son want the share of his inheritance, he didn't even want to stay near him. It tells us he moved far away. He wanted to go, and he wanted to go and make his own path. 
now as a parent understand that, understand the importance of letting your children grow up and getting them to a place where they're ready to leave home and stand their own two feet. But this isn't what that boy was doing. He just wanted to enjoy the spoils of his father's hard work. It must have been so hard to watch his son walk away and not know whether he'd ever see him again. I mean, I know how I felt when Rebecca moved out. She only moved away four miles. I don't see her every day, but I speak to her most days, and if I don't speak to her, then we text. And it can just be, how was your day? Hi. Sometimes it's just morning, and that's all we'll say to each other. I'm the same with my mum. She's just up the road. speak to her every day, or I see her most days. So I can't imagine what this dad was going through, not knowing where or how his son was. And it says in verse 20 that while his son was still a distance away, the father saw him and started to run towards him. I wonder how many days the dad had waited, watching for his son to return. I'm sure he did it every day. But you see, that father knew that his son would return. He had faith that God would bring him home. The dad didn't care about the sin that his son had committed. All he cared about was that his son was home safe and he wanted to share the great news with everyone. And that's why he sent for the fattened calf for a party. He wanted to celebrate his son being home. Clothed him in his finest robes and gave him a ring. He wanted the world to see that no matter what anyone else thought, this was still his son and he still belonged to the family. Again, the same God that answered the prayers of Jacob, Moses, Mary and David answered the prayers of his dad. Then we get to the brother. This is where I felt God was really focusing me on. Like my children, sometimes Rebecca would behave a wee bit like this brother because she would say that Craig's the favourite. She's always said that. She says that he's the favourite because he's the youngest and gets away with more because I was strict with her and I worked out the boundaries with her. So it's become so much of a joke that Craig actually has a T-shirt saying that he's the favourite child. <laughs> I've told him he needs to give it up because that's now stale as the dog's place. So, But when I was reading the story, it came back to me and I wonder if that's actually how the brother felt. Did he think his little brother was the favourite? Was the dad strict with him? Did he make his parent mistakes with the older brother? Or was that just a perception of the eldest son? So then we go to verse 25 and it says, Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. Now, this is what I can relate to. I can relate to coming home, maybe from work or shopping, and I've come home to a pile of dirty dishes or a basket full of washing or a bedroom floor covered in washing. And maybe you come home and have a good attitude. But I'll admit, I don't always have a good attitude when I come home to that. I maybe left the house and it wasn't a mess and I've come home and now it is. So I can imagine what the eldest son's thinking, walking home to hear a party. So in verse 26, he asks one of the servants what is going on. Again, I can relate to this. He's been working all day. He's now finished and he just wants to come home. He's going to get to eat the dinner that the servants prepared. I probably have to cook it. But as he's walking home and he hears this music, his anger's already starting to bubble. Now, we don't know what kind of day he had. Maybe the bad day before this had already happened. Maybe he was working on a field that was too dry. Maybe it was a difficult day. Maybe they're running with one of his work colleagues. Maybe someone borrowed his tools and have not returned them. Maybe it was too hot. You see, before he got home, maybe he was already ready for an argument. Maybe he'd already decided the first person he saw he was going to make something to come out and argue with. You see... I bet you the servants almost felt the same. They were probably a bit annoyed as well. You see, I can relate to that. 
I can come home and I can close an argument. In verse 27 it says, your brother is back and he was told, your father has killed a fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. Now this is the hinge in the story because it could have went two ways. He could have thrown his coat, bag, car keys, whatever he had in his hands and welcomed his brother home with open arms. Or he could do what he did. He allowed his anger to grow. It's easy to say that you would have done the first option, that you would have celebrated. But how many of us would honestly say that that's what they would have done? The next three verses describe the eldest son's attitude. Because he says the older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. And even when his father came out and begged him, he replied, after all these years I have slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me. Yet when your son comes back, when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money and prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. I can actually imagine how he spoke to his father. I hope he was embarrassed, actually, in reflection of how he spoke to him. So there's many times, though, that we can have that similar attitude. It can be with people around us. It can be people in church. It can be people who don't know God yet. It could even be a prodigal coming home. Because sometimes it's easier to look at other people's life. I always remember David talking about highlight reel, the things that people allow us to see. And that's what we see. And sometimes we get angry because we think that God is doing something in their life. Even unsaved people, we can look and say that they've got it so much easier than us. But we only see what they want us to see. And then it's our perception that causes our wrong attitude. We've all had a wrong attitude. We've all been in that place. Like, it's just sometimes when God, even if you're in a good place with God, sometimes it's still easier to look at someone else's life and wish you had theirs. And you see, this is what I think that that son forgot. He forgot that the same God of Jacob, Moses, Mary and David was also the same God who had kept him safe and blessed his life every day when the brother was gone. It can be too easy to focus on what you see as an injustice to remember all the good things that God has been doing and is still doing in your life every day when we've been safe in the palm of his hand. Can I ask the band to come back? See, that's with the story of the prodigal son. Three different people, three different people with their own perception of the story and how it affected them. But what we need to remember is it was the same God that loved them all and wanted the best for them. The prodigal son is an example for us all that, we, that we've all been in a place where we shouldn't have been, but he's the same God that we chose to have in our lives. It isn't him that changes, it's us that change. We just need to make our way back to him. The dad is there as an example of the love that God has for us. The same God that kept his dad sane and gave him faith to believe that his prodigal was coming home. The same God that would have listened to the silent prayers, the pleading prayers, the angry prayers, and the same God that loved him no matter how he was reacting to his son being lost. Then we came to the brother. The same God loved him and wanted the best for him, even when his attitude wasn't right. This same God loved him and pulled him right back towards him. He never let go of any of their hands. So the same God that loves us, holds us in the palm of his hand and never lets us go. Let's never forget that he's the same God we loved and were passionate about when we first asked him to be part of our lives. He will be the same God when we get to heaven and spend eternity with him. Let's choose to believe in the same God 
of Jacob, Moses, Mary and David, and they already had and will always provide everything that we need. God is amazing. He is the same God. He never, ever changes. Doesn't matter what we do, he will not bend to our will. He is God. It's us that need to believe in him, trust in him, and remember that he has chosen us, that he is blessing our lives every day. The band are going to lead us in Gary's amazing song. Now for me, that line spoke to me, the prodigal's coming home. But there are so many truths in this song as well that we need to grab hold of and trust and believe God for. Lord, I just thank you that you are the same God, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you're the same God that created the heavens, Lord, that created us, Lord, and walks with us every day, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you keep each one of us safe in the palm of your hand, Lord. And Lord, I trust this morning, Lord, if there's anyone that has wandered off the path, Lord, that you bring them back this morning, Lord. Lord, if there's parents like me who are waiting for their prodigy to come home, Lord, Lord, I thank you that you listen to us silent and angry prayers sometimes, God, and that you know that the anger comes from a place of love, Lord. Lord, and I pray those prodigals back, Lord, and if our attitude is wrong, like the brother, Lord, Lord, let us refocus back to you, Lord. Let us change our attitude to an attitude of love, Lord, and to love people and remember that we're only seeing their highlight reels and that people, all of us struggle, Lord. And we just thank you that even throughout the struggles and the storms of life, Lord, that you are the same God and you are holding us close and we'll get us through them. In your precious name, amen.